This is the Cycling Over 60 Podcast, Episode 18. I am a finisher, and I'm your host, Tom Butler. I guess we still got a bottle. Going right now? We are going right well, now. Somebody's going. Somebody's going right now. <laughs> morning, Tom. Good morning. Here we are. Recorded, Garen. Morning. This is the day. It's alarmingly warm. Alarming. Yeah, it's already 105 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it must be like 60. Doing the Seattle the two song. right now. Are you excited? I am. How about you? I'm Here very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit it. All right. I'm putting my foot on the pedal, and actually, the first pedal. First pedal there, two, three pedals on my way to Portland. <laughs> so that is how it started last Saturday as I began the ride to tackle the goal that I had been preparing for since November, and that was to do the 2023 Cascade Bicycle Club 206 mile Seattle to Portland ride. I was accompanied by my son in law, Garen Myler, and a very dear friend, Jesse Ferguson. This episode will follow my experiences throughout the ride. I want to give a big thanks to Jesse, who in addition to writing with us, took on the task of capturing audio. I knew that I would be really focused on the ride, and Jesse is very capable of getting great recordings. I want to give a bit of context. Last November at this time, I was feeling pretty low because I felt like my life was all behind me. I was very worried about the lifestyle diseases that I was dealing with. I felt weak and didn't see much hope for being healthy. If you would have said at that time, that I'd be doing the STP, something I had wanted to do since moving to Washington years ago, I would have just laughed. But then I decided to get back into biking, and eventually I decided that attempting the STP would be great for me, even if I didn't finish it. Along the way, I saw health improvements, and I got stronger. I started believing that finishing the STP was a real possibility. I did have several times during my training that I thought that I wouldn't make it, but I got excellent advice, and I showed up on Saturday pretty optimistic that I would be able to do the ride. I did see several challenges on the route, but I also felt that I had a pretty good plan for handling those challenges. So you heard the countdown and we started rolling, but there's a lot of bicycles in this event, somewhere, you know, five or 6,000. And so it took us a bit to reach the start line. Coming up to the start line. Go. You just passed the start line, Tom. Yeah. Say hello to your listeners. Hello to my listeners. <laughs> Here we go. At the moment, the path to Portland is very well marked by hundreds and hundreds of cyclists. So I'm not confused about where to go right now. That's the beginning of this STP, and we're going. Garen's talking to his wife. My wife is driving back to Auburn, and we're going to work it. Tom, did you see back there our fir- the first like bike accident? No. Yeah. There was across the street there was a fire truck and there were a couple bicyclists on the wow on the uh, pavement. That's a bummer. Yeah. So I thought that was gonna be me this morning from the hotel. It just tells you how this is like for real not the safest thing you can do. 
Okay, we're at our first stop. Tom, you are stretching your... Right now I'm stretching my quads. Yeah. And Garen's back there not stretching, not drinking, not using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the machine doesn't the machine, need a break. <laughs> the machine, he was by himself, so he didn't have to stop. <laughs> and uh, people are getting water. And then right after this, you head up a pretty steep hill uh, here at Seward Park. So we're one-tenth of the way in. Yeah. Day one. And feeling good. Yeah, everything is feeling like working really well for me. All right, this is the first big stop. We are at mile like 17 or something. Tom, what snacks are you gonna get? Uh, I don't know. Aaron, do you think they have anything uh, gluten-free for you? Well, those Rice Krispie treats, those certainly are. Those are gluten-free? Oh yeah. Oh man, they're also yeah. dairy-free because they have marshmallows, but they're not cow-free, I guess. Yeah, that's true pretty festive there's several hundred bikers here and uh it's hard to if you have any pain it's hard to feel it because you're so excited to be part of something so cool when we arrived at the first rest stop here at about 20 miles in we really got to see the magnitude of the stp as an event when we arrived at the start at university of washington we were a little bit late and several groups had already hit the road. But when we pulled into the first rest stop here, then you could see what all was set up, all the porta potties that had been set up, the big line of cyclists waiting to use the porta potties, the, the food, the water, all the resources, everything that it takes to pull off this magnitude of an event. And it was very impressive. Also, in this beginning, really got a sense of how different this ride was going to be for Garen than it was for me because of how strong he was. Here we're about 20 miles away from the first big test of the STP, which is the Puyallup Hill. The Puyallup Hill is something that a lot of people mention is the hardest part of the ride, the hardest climb of the ride, and it was something that was a major focus of my training. So I was going to get to see how well I had prepared by the rides that I had taken before. Okay. All right, we've made it. We did. To the top the of the hill. hill. We didn't stop. We didn't stop. Yeah. My heart rate hit 167, which was the highest that it's ever been. Highest that it's ever been. But uh, uh, yeah. Was there like a social pressure <laughs> that kind of influenced that? Well, to be honest, I was at 160. And I, Jesse, do you want to stop? I could use a stop. And he's like, no. And so that's what, mm, that was main influence. <laughs> it's like, no. I didn't say no. I said, doesn't it look like it's leveling out here? And he said, no, it's a false plateau. And I was like, no, it feels like it's actually a plateau. It's not a false plateau. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, resting. And you're like, maybe I can use this to get my heart rate down. <laughs> so that meant to me, I'm getting my heart rate down so I can keep going. I did get my heart rate down to 153 on that on the false flat. Yeah. Was, I got, there, was there anyone that you looked at that, like, that gave you inspiration? Like, if they can do it, I can do it. There was one person that looked like their right ankle was totally okay, yes. torqued. Yeah, I saw yes. that. I got to eat some. I was wondering what the reason for that stance was because the pedals were flat and everything. But yeah, yeah. one foot was yeah. kind of off the yeah. side. He's like missing a tendon or something. I, I rode up just behind um, a girl with the only one leg and a okay. as well. So that's yeah. inspirational for sure. Riding, had, riding with a prosthetic. That's yeah. a, prosthetic. That's a yeah. different ball game right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And just another update about the actual trip. We got lost in Puyallup a little bit. <laughs> and the two blocks that we took as a detour also caused us to skip a break where they were giving out water and snacks again. And so we have pulled over at a gas station instead. 
because we rode the hill with no water and, and it's hot. my left uh, calf is cramping up because of it. So I'm going to try to recover from that. It felt so good to get to the top of that hill. Like I said, it was a major focus of my training and the training paid off. While I was pedaling slow, I was able to just keep going. And when I got to the top, I felt pretty good. It did take my heart rate up higher than it had ever been in all of my training, but it came right back down and I felt really good. I really don't understand how we missed the turn and ended up off the route for a couple of blocks. That ended up to be a significant mistake because we did run out of water a ways before doing the hill. I also felt kind of bad because people followed us. Here we were in matching jerseys, and it was a logical assumption that the people made that we knew what we were doing. But we ended up pretty quickly getting back on track. And again, except for missing that water spot, there wasn't much of an impact. Karen mentioned seeing a woman with a prosthetic leg on the Puyallup Hill and how much of an inspiration that was. We had seen her at the start as well, and Jesse got an opportunity to interview her. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the episode. Jesse interviews a few people that we felt were inspirational, and we included those three interviews together at the end. Okay, we're 30 miles from the college where we're going to stop for the evening, and it is probably 85 degrees right now. The bag tying ritual? Yes. So Tom, you said you're not handling the heat super well. No, I, I felt like I was getting really hot when we stopped. We were standing and waiting for some water. And I just felt like I just started breaking out in a sweat big time. So I, I will say I also broke out in a sweat as soon as we got in that building. I think yeah. it has more to do with, I think that we're, we were used to having wind on our face yeah, when maybe. we were riding and getting in there. We kind of kind of stagnated like, for a minute. I just felt like I was heating up like super fast. Yeah. But. Yeah. I your, am gonna. Your face has a good color. Oh, okay. You know, you don't okay. look like you are suffering. That's good. Yeah. So, I was getting a headache, which kind of well, made me nervous. Yeah, that's a bit. That's dehydration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also we also stopped for um, for lunch a little bit ago. Our wives, all three of our wives, came out and had lunch with us. Also slowed us down because they're so yeah. beautiful, and <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't want to leave the lunch time. Right. <laughs> so. So now we're going to arrive at the college at 10 p.m. No, just kidding. When do you think we'll get there? I'm guessing like four. Well, we're at what? 73 miles? I, I was going to say four, but after that water break, I'd say six. <laughs> it was kind of a long water break because yeah. there's only one place for everybody to get water. Okay, what just happened here? So I'm experimenting with an ice suck. So I want to insert here that I know that I don't do well in the heat. I have never done well in the heat. And when I was seeing the weather reports for the STB weekend, it was really something that made me nervous. So I started looking for ways to cool down. Watching the Tour de France, they talked about ice socks, and it looks like it's something that they stuff down the back of their jersey that has ice in it. And so I went out and found a YouTube video where someone makes an ice sock. A little bit different, I think, than what they use in the Tour, but uh, still it looked very interesting to me. I will post a link to that video in the show notes. I think it's like three years old now by the bike blogger, but it basically is a couple nylon stockings that are sewn together. I couldn't really find the 
kind of stocking I wanted to buy. So my wife had some that she never wore. And so she sewed them together into one long tube. Then I would put ice in that sock. I would tie the ends together and put it around my neck and it would slowly drip water down my back. And I believed it saved me. As you'll hear, it was an experience throwing that cold ice sock around my neck. Okay, what just happened here? So I'm experimenting with an ice sock. Ice sock, like no. they use in the Tour de France? Not, not exactly, but that's what inspired it. So I have a like a light sock filled with ice around my neck right now, and it is so cold. <laughs> well, I'm a little I was shot. Jealous. <laughs> Hang on. Woo! Tommy just got on your knees. Well, you can stay there. <laughs> I am hot. I think it's probably close to 90 right now. That's just a guess. I guess I could look at the weather, but we ran out of water and uh, long, steady trail, slightly uphill. And then we came across this park and there's a bunch of bicyclists sitting in the shade and there happens to be a water spigot over here that people are dousing themselves in and filling water bottles. Really thankful for this little stop. Tom, do you feel dizzy at all? I don't feel dizzy. I'm just wiped. And I'm hot. I'm really hot. Did drafting help at all? Uh, a little bit, but it's just that... We weren't going very fast, so it doesn't have as big of an impact. I can't keep my temperature down. Is the problem. Oh, that feels so good. Right now he's squirting water all over his head from a water bottle. I'm sweaty and I have to pee, so I'm glad that I'm hydrated. <clears throat> and we're about uh, eight miles from Tonino, which is the last stop on the STP before you get to Centralia. I don't know that we actually know, though, do we? Uh, you said Tonino was a, a stop, right? Yeah, but we're, our miles are off. That's true. We did get lost back there. Had to open the GPS and catch up to where we should have been so I, I could have added some miles i guess put us behind <sighs> still having fun right now i'm not having fun <laughs> it, it, it looks like it's a little dangerous for some people um there's a few people that have been like we found them sitting on the side of the road there's a medic who's cycling back and forth wearing all red and asking people if they're okay i'm glad for her service this was the worst part of the STB up to that point. I definitely was struggling with the heat. It was over 90 degrees, and we had the road heat radiating as well. When I laid down in the shade, I was wondering if I needed to just call it quits. Fortunately, I refilled the eye sock a little, little bit, and we hit a long stretch where trees blocked the sun. And that was enough for me to recover quite a bit. Jesse mentioned that we did get off the route again. This time it was because we were following people that didn't know the route. It ended up being at least a two-mile detour, but again, it really didn't have much impact overall. Did you hear those high-pitched voices, Tom? Yes. <laughs> oh, I want to give you a kiss first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Kiss is more important than going through the thing. All right. Woo! <laughs> hey. 
Tom, what happened? Well, we made it halfway. Halfway. There were a couple times along the way I didn't know that we would make it halfway. <laughs> and Garen went way past us. <laughs> he <Hello>. did it! <laughs> no. No? This was done before. Oh, I got stuff. Actually, this we've never been this far before. The detour is... Uh, the detour's added. I'm going to celebrate whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest I've ever ridden. Yeah, it's also probably the hardest ride because of the heat and everything. The heat yeah. was killing me. The well, heat was killing you. The heat was killing it's me. It's not supposed to be as hot tomorrow. Yeah, I was about to. I was, I was about to tell him it was going to be hotter tomorrow. I like your little like 1800s uh, like <laughs> neck rough thing. <laughs> that's that's a it had ice in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that I think it saved me. I think yeah. the ice thing saved me. Yeah. Yeah. He really but, benefited from that. Nice. So good sewing. <laughs> Thank you. But we hit one stop, and I was just like, I, 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 I can't go any further. Really? I was having a, I couldn't keep my heart rate under 150. We were going slow, and my heart rate was was really high. So. Because of the heat. I think it was the heat, and I ran out of water, oh. and I don't think, and I don't, you. yeah, and I don't think that I had, I don't think I was doing enough electrolytes. What? Electrolytes. He had a couple of cramps. Yeah. But and then we hit a road that was like shaded for a long time, and yeah. that and downhill. <laughs> and that's yeah. shaded and downhill was awesome. It was really nice having our wives waiting for us at the midpoint. We got so much support from them. It made a huge difference in our ability to just focus on riding. They got to the halfway point. Garen and Jesse were sleeping in tents on the Centralia College campus. And so they had set all the tents up and they had scoped out where the different resources were. So it was really nice to, to have that support. My wife Kelly and I were staying in a hotel. There wasn't as much set up there. It was just wonderful having them cheer us in and, and celebrating that we were halfway done. I didn't expect to call these people so early. But... People woke up early and packed up their tents. Yeah. What was the first sound you heard this morning, Garen? I think I, I definitely heard some noises kind of in my sleep, but the first time that I really checked the time was about 4.21, I think. There was uh, people just having regular volume conversations in the tents adjacent to us. Yeah. Uh, very clearly awake and packing up. I could hear tent poles snapping around. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was hearing campfires. <laughs> I, like, I oh, do Probably yeah. not. How are you feeling today, Tom? You know what? I feel so much better than I thought I was going to feel. It's not even, it's not even funny. And I'm feeling worse than I thought I was going to feel. I feel a little nauseous. And I do have some chafing issues. So we'll see. Maybe I can grind away the chafing issues. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have the anti-chafe cream you got at that first talk yesterday? I do. I did a liberal (laughs) application. (laughs) We'll see how that works. There's a little pouch in the Civic too. Yeah, I've got a pouch here. Awesome. Yeah, just to might do a reapplication around okay. 20 miles or something. Did you hear that? <laughs> I just started recording and heard a little snapping sound. That was Tom and Kelly's lips. <laughs> no, I was clipping it. What? I was clipping it. Oh, you're clipping it. Hey! <laughs> you ready, Garen? I'm all ready to go. I'm right, feeling guys. a little bit better. We uh, took some different things. Yay! <laughs> and... My Bye. clicking in sound. Thanks for taking the technology. That was Garen and McKenna kissing. <laughs> and thank you, ladies, for doing all the work that you've done to support us. 
leaving them with all the tents and everything. I made a couple changes after the first day. That night, I had a hard time with cramping. I woke up several times in the middle of the night with my legs cramping. So I decided that I would take more electrolytes in. I had basically been putting electrolyte powder in every other bottle. And I decided to change that in. I decided to put electrolytes in every bottle when we got in the hotter part of the day. We knew that day two was not going to be as hot as day one, but we also knew that it was still going to be very warm. The second thing I did was to swap out the bag that I was carrying on my rack so that I had a bag that could accommodate a third water bottle. We had run out of water a couple times. It had made a significant difference. I wanted to make sure there was less likelihood that that would happen, and I was really glad that I had the three water bottles. So... Okay, we are at a little recreation park here doing a Vader. S- stop Vader in yeah. the town of Vader where they have Vader potato. Vader taters. Vader, Vader taters. We just ate a potato. Did you have a potato? Yeah, I had, a Vader, I had two Vader taters. Was there, was there any salt for it? There was seasoning salt, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good touch. Mm-hmm. Lots of people here. Yeah. I think that's a good nutrition. So um, right now I'm feeling like after every stop, my legs take a while to get back in it but i feel way better than i thought i would today so i'm very encouraged by that good how are you feeling Garen? i'm feeling excellent today yeah and i my nausea is mostly resolved from earlier and um my legs definitely whenever i go up it's like rolling hills here so it's like you get to go down you're like yeah and you're singing and stuff and then uh and then you hit the next hill and it's like your legs are burning (laughs) but there's two little campfires on the back of my saddle. <laughs> Jesse mentioned fires on the saddle. I am really pleased with how comfortable my saddle was. Theoretically, my saddle is too soft. If you go out and you read about bike saddles, see a lot of information that a soft saddle causes impingement of nerves, and then that leads to problems. I was a little nervous about my saddle from the very beginning of training for the STP, but just over and over again as I did longer rides, I felt my saddle was really comfortable, and I never experienced a problem. And it ended up being exactly that same with the STP. I felt like that was one of the things that I had the least amount of issues with was saddle soreness. Vader is about 26 miles into day two. I felt like it was a little too early at that point to know how I was going to handle the day, but I was feeling much better than I thought I would after having cramps in the middle of the night. Okay, we're at a Chevron station. Big, huge van with music, like fully crazy equipped. (laughs) Just pulled up next to us. And Garen, you just saw something that answered a question we had earlier. First, what was the question? So we'd been been debating whether or not anyone was doing this event as a blind person. And I think we were thinking about it in the context of like, you'd have like a guide rider who was like telling them, like, go left, left, go right. Yeah, to the left. Yeah. Breaks, breaks. <laughs> Which seems like that could be a perilous situation. And so I think we kind of concluded, like, I don't know if anyone would, would take that on. Um, and there is someone here with a, with a you know, feeling sticker. I don't know what those are called. The, the, it's called a blind just cane. A, a blind cane. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, it's a cane, right? And, uh, and uh, they're on a tandem bicycle with someone else. So like, it's not the exact scenario we envisioned, but it is. It, it does answer the question. There is There are some blind people that are taking part in this event. So that's yeah. awesome to see. Yeah. Mm. You need band-aids? So. I don't know. I, I think it. you've made a poor decision all the way around today. Really <laughs> you gotta get rid of that jersey. You know what? You kind of deserve it. <laughs> Gary and I are uh, mentioning that Tom decided that his uh, matching jersey that we wore yesterday, all us, all three of us, 
Tom decided not to wear because it was stinky. No one wanted to ride behind me in that jersey, I'll just say that. My jersey smells the same. Garen came up with the idea to have matching jerseys, and that was very handy the first day, especially at stops. The jerseys made it easier to recognize each other in the crowd, but I didn't have time to wash it out by hand, so I switched to the second jersey that I had brought with me. As you'll hear, that was not the end of the story. The blind rider that we saw ended up being a very accomplished Paralympian named Matt King. Fortunately, Jesse approached him and did a short interview. That is also included at the end of the podcast. I'm going to need that thing. <laughs> I am putting on an ice cold. I mean, it's a jersey that they got wet and put in ice, and I'm putting it on. But I'm not going to let on that it's painful. <laughs> Within this larger experience Woo. of yesterday, this is a mini-game of a frozen t-shirt competition. Woo! That is cold. <laughs> that is cold. Oh! Okay, it's on my belly. Okay, we're in. Oh! Mom's here. I was a yellow jersey following us around. Welcome back to the team! <laughs> Well, so did you go wash it then? We did. Well, we hand washed it. It's already warm. It is. You're, it's already warm. Well, that's good. You so you're I'm taking all bad. the heat stored up. Yeah. It's you're awesome. out of it. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, these sunglasses have been, you know, working, so that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a, that was a well, good lunch. Luckily, I haven't had uh, any mirrors to look at, so I can't, I can't give you any feedback <laughs> on the aesthetics of them, but... Um, functionally speaking, they're fine. Don't forget to reapply sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More sunscreen. Yeah. You guys ready for the road after sunscreen in the bathroom? Yes. Uh, just some water as well. Water the, too. the bathroom, I need to fill up water, but we, have, we need to head that direction anyhow, so we can get the, get the bikes in over there. But the bathroom, the line was really short when I went over there. Okay. So. Guys, if you're expanding joints up there and they're loose, make sure your water bottles are tight, please. Okay, and we got stick. a metal plate up there. Lift on one side, it's about that tall. If you want to drive over that, Tom, how are you feeling? Good. You said you had some adrenaline. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting over this bridge. What's so. on the other side of the bridge? Freedom. No, what no, state I'm is on the other side of the bridge? Oregon, yeah. 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 Oregon's on the other side of the bridge. This is a bridge where you uh, accumulate about 100 by, uh, cyclists, and then we are escorted across the bridge. And we had to get here before 2 p.m. Otherwise. You're stuck in Washington. <laughs> so, and that's not every time. That's just this STB because of some intermittent construction they're doing on the bridge. Oh, they're con doing construction. I yeah. see. So that's why it's only one and lane. That's why we're going to encounter some obstacles up there, I guess, like a steel plate and some really loose expansion joints. She said so. loose expansion joints. Yeah, and glass and twigs and a couple falcons diving at us. Yeah, maybe right through a fire. Yeah, yeah. something like that. All right. This bridge across the Columbia River at Longview, Washington, was a big deal for me. It is named the Lewis and Clark Bridge. I had been thinking about it since I first started planning to do the STP. I was very anxious about having to stop during the climb. You hear me there talk about my adrenaline. It was pumping. The way the crossing works is that cars are held back while a group of riders cross the bridge. Then the cars are released and another group of cyclists gather for their turn to ride across. I was very nervous that something would go wrong. The climb hits 9.7% grade, and I could easily imagine cramping and having to stop and walk the bike, especially since I had experienced cramping the night before. Also, there's a ton of debris on the side of the road, so a flat was a real option. 
I couldn't imagine trying to get a flat changed before the next group of cars was released. And then there was the real possibility that I would just run out of energy on the climb. But in the end, none of those things happened, and I breathed a real sigh of relief to be over the bridge. This bridge closure is such a big deal for the area that emergency crews were ready to airlift people needing emergency service because it is such a long drive to get around to another crossing of the Columbia. Oh, man. So we were going like 35 miles an hour <laughs> coming down that bridge. Okay, so I, that is maybe the best cycling experience I've had. Really? Yeah. That was so cool. I love the view. Yeah, I think my favorite part was probably the, the little helix at the end we got to do. Coming off that off ramp, that was pretty fun. <laughs> well, so no cramps. I thought I might cramp up like halfway up and I'd have to pull off. Then have to airlift you. No flat tire. That yeah. was another thing I was worried about. And uh, yeah, I got over pretty pretty easily. Sweet. So, I was I slow. It was... I didn't know that the bridge was going to be primarily an uphill experience for like three quarters of it. Right. Like pretty uphill. Yeah. But once it crested and started going fast, it was like... I made it! It was like a medieval like warrior feeling like when you realize <laughs> right. the other... Like the other army is like decimated or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> that isn't the last bridge of the STP, and there is a final climb up the road that takes riders to the St. John's Bridge that crosses over to Portland. That climb is short, and it tops out at a 7% grade. But the difference is that we had been cycling for 194 miles over two days when we hit that climb. Plus, we had been through a very hot section of the ride beside a very busy roadway. While I was better prepared for the heat that second day, it still took a lot out of me, and I purposely asked Garen to set a slower pace to make sure I had something left for the climb to the St. John's Bridge. Garen has become a very strong cyclist. He just picked up biking this year, but I'm sure he would have had no problem keeping an 18-mile-an-hour average pace over the STP if I wasn't there. Okay, we crossed the giant Portland Bridge. Very steep hill coming up there. I don't know if this audio is going to work. Need a hindwind here, tailwind. It was a very steep hill coming up the Portland Bridge, but it wasn't a long hill. Cross that. Now Tom and Garen are in front of me, and we're full of adrenaline because we're just a couple miles from the finish line. I'm excited for Tom because he's been on this quest to do this. Garen keeps shaking his hands, obviously in pain. And we're all staying hydrated, having enough potassium and electrolytes so that we don't have any cramping, which we haven't. We've done really good with cramping thanks to all the education that we've been getting. It's a very nice ride here in Portland. So right back here, there was a cyclist on the ground, an ambulance, and uh, I don't know if she 
fainted and crashed into the curb, what? But, um, like Chuck, she was in some real trouble. It's just a sad thing. She's just a few miles, a couple miles, from the uh, finish line and crashes. I want to know her story. Garen, what were you saying? Can you imagine having that happening so close to the finish? Oh yeah, I was just thinking that. I was just, I was just saying the same thing. Sad, huh? It's such a tame part of the ride compared to some of the stuff we've done too. Yeah. It's still, it, it is still hot out here. And it's still very hot. Yeah. yeah. There's still plenty of opportunity for uh, heat-related illness to set in. Yeah. to go back to. I thought you might have stopped there. I was thinking about it. <laughs> but I know that they want us to like race by through the finish line. So. Tom, oh, did you make it? We made it. We oh. absolutely made it. Woo. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we are great. in Portland. That is the goal. And I feel good. And I'm taking my bike coming off. I'm so full of adrenaline right now. <laughs> I don't know what my body feels like. <laughs> you gotta tick off. You gotta tick off like there with a few blocks. It's like, okay, Jesse's going to pump it up to 20 miles an hour. Yeah. 30 if oh, possible. Right. There you go. That's a high five. That's a high five. One more. Yes. Yeah. Three-way high five. Oh, man. The triangle of perfection. <laughs> that was really hard. It was, it was hard. I think the heat made it harder, too. Oh, yeah. I think if it would have been cool, it would have been much easier. Hey. You're done. Hey. Good job. I'm so happy. You did it. <laughs> yeah. We are in Portland. So there you have it. That was my STP experience, and it was a wonderful experience. It really felt like a an accomplishment. It felt like I had challenged my notions about what I was physically capable of, and had come away with a much better understanding of where I am. It felt very good to hear my wife and my daughter tell me they were proud of me. I got emotional when they said that to me. That surprised me. Overall, I would say that this was an important moment in my life. It was one of the biggest physical challenges I ever took on. And to take that on at 60 years old, I feel like I am prepared to cycle for a very long time. There's things that I need to learn. I'm looking forward to taking on other challenges I am not sure that I will do the STP again. I really want to, but it might be that I have other challenges that I will put ahead of doing the STP again. If the STP is as hot as it was this year, which I heard from several people that it was one of the hottest ever, then I feel pretty confident that I will not do it again. But I've got a lot of time to decide, so we'll have to see what the future brings. As I said, there were some people that we felt very inspired by. So I want to go to those interviews at this point. Can I ask you some questions? I'm taking an audio recording. Uh, My friend has a podcast about cycling. Yeah. He was the one that was riding with me. Is it okay if I ask you questions? Yes. All right. What is your name? 
Adele. Adele and David. And what's your relationship, David? I'm um, her dad. All right. So you just finished. I saw you guys come through. I cheered for you as you were coming down. Cool. How, how did that feel? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Felt really good. She earned it. She worked it. She made every mile by herself. Uh, couldn't be prouder. Some just of our, killed it. Some of our support uh, group. They were asking, have you seen any young kids do it? And uh, yes. Adele, you became the subject of our conversation. <laughs> and we talked about how you were like just ready to go and you needed to take a break sometime. Yeah, that's what the happened? truth. Do you remember one of the times that you had some cramping or something? Yeah, well, I uh, know day one, I uh, I encouraged her to eat and, and drink and eat and I forgot to he eat. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I kind of bonked uh, about around 70, 75. And she's just running circles around me. <laughs> Good job, Adele. Thank you for the little interview. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. My my friend's son-in-law. His name's Garen. He was also riding with us. Um, he said that ever since that ever since we got lost together and found our way together, um, that he's been like interested in your story. Oh. And and so it's been like when we see you at different places, we go there. They are. Oh, so that's amazing. Thank you for letting us record a little bit of the story yep. right now. Cool. Website. Okay, for a channel, a YouTube channel, the Rugged oh. Arts, and he he filmed his first SCP on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm gonna, I took a lot of clips from this. I'll put together a little something. But so how do we find that? Uh, the Rugged Arts on YouTube, and it'll the be. Rugged Arts is the yeah. That's the name of the name of the handle. Yeah. Okay. It'll be a few weeks before I get it up, but. All right. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. Good job, Adele. Yeah. You right, too. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go check Bye. out the. Uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure riding with you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I saw you at the start line, and then we rode together for several blocks in Seattle. Yeah. And you had on all the matching black jerseys with the cool design on them. Yep. And you have a prosthetic leg. I do, yeah. Yeah. And the name of our team is Forrest Stump. Uh, okay. We did this ride back in 2017 as a very first time as a training uh, ride for what would then become our inaugural Forest Stump race, which was a 1,500-mile triathlon down the West Coast from Whoa. Seattle to San Diego. Uh, so we rode SCP once more again uh, as part of that ride. And what we did that for was to raise awareness for better access to prosthetic technology. Wow. Uh, and more generally physical activity for the disability community because things like running blades or um, prosthetics and orthotics built for physical activity aren't covered by insurance. Oh. And so that's what we're working for and advocating on behalf. I love that. Yeah. I didn't know there was more to it than that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. And so did you, ha you had a leg that's just made for biking, I assume? Uh, for me, I don't have to have a leg made just for biking. Sometimes for other individuals, they need one specific to that. Um, but for me, I need a specific leg for running, and that's what I use it for. But one of our riders um, who was riding with us has a leg specific for biking that she was riding with. Okay. So yeah. so does she have her like uh, cleats for her pedals? built into that yeah so what she does is she basically they took because it's not covered by insurance they took kind of an old foot and kind of refurbished it and stuck a cleat on the bottom of it okay. and that's what she uses i see yeah and so there's more than one person who's riding with a prosthetic as part of our team yeah we had two individuals uh that was that were riding with prosthetics we had one individual who has uh ms and uh the rest of our team is there as kind of support okay yeah when we were finishing the puyallup hill uh we saw either you or, or her 
um, we, got, we got to the top of the hill and one of our group said, who was it that inspired you the most coming up the Puyallup Hill? And uh, so I named you. Oh, <laughs> and, thanks. And uh, one of the other guys picked somebody. He had a like a hurt ankle or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, so That's thank you for being an inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for writing. I'm Nicole Verkylan, and nice to meet you. one of the one of the founders of Forest Thumb. And what's so. the other person who's writing with the prosthetics? Name? Uh, her name's Dee Pelagi. Okay. So yeah. Well, shout out to you guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Is it okay if I ask a question? Sure. I don't know if this is like stepping over some kind of social boundary, but we have a podcast about biking, and I think you're the first person that I think you're sight impaired. Yeah, we've seen doing the STP. Is it okay if I ask you a question? Sure. Okay, so yeah. what is it like from your experience? Like, do you feel the hill, and like, what's that like? Uh, from my point of view, um. What is it like? I think it's like riding a bike for anybody else in terms of, you know, the sensation of going up and down, the cool air, the hot air. Uh Um, But, you know, for me, I get get a lot of adrenaline from uh, the sensation of riding along other riders. And Uh I hear somebody pass us. I love to pass them. (laughs) And so you are... What position would you call it yourself in the, the, in so the, the rear? Running? The rear is called the Stoker. Stoker. Yeah, and okay. the front we usually refer to it as either pilot or captain. Okay, and this is normal uh, terminology for a tandem bike. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I, I actually race tandem bikes for about fifteen years or so, back in the day, and competed a, in the Atlanta, Sydney, and Athens Paralympic Games. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, about, I don't know, well, 1996, I set a record, which was kind of cool on the track. Beautiful. And uh, so that was, uh, those were some pretty awesome experiences. What, what are your guys' names? If Thanks, you don't mind. Matt. Matt. Yeah. And then the... Trunk. Uh, Trunk. And you are, and you're the pilot. Yes. Yeah. Pilot for the first time ever. <laughs> okay. Well, it was really nice talking with you. I appreciate Thank you. it. Each of those writers were inspirational in their own way, and there were many, many writers over 60. We got to talk to several of them and hear great stories of their STP experiences. I am back next week with one more STP episode, and that wraps up season one. I've had such a good time doing this podcast that I know I'll move on to a second season. I just don't know yet what I will tackle, but stay tuned. Please let me know what challenges you are taking on. If you did the SDP, drop me a note about how it went. I was able to hear from several listeners about their experiences already. You can find the show Instagram link in the show notes. Send me a message there, or you can find my email in the show notes as well. And the show is on threads as well. However, I have not been posting on threads yet. I wish you the best with all your cycling plans. And remember, age is just a gear change.